This is an ABC podcast. Ideally, imagine the first round of Super Rugby and we've got record crowds at every game. Yeah, what sort of message does that send to the rugby community about Australian rugby being revitalised again? In case you missed it, Eddie Jones is back coaching the Wallabies. You might have heard. It could have been the Zoom interviews from London, the bells and whistles press conferences in Australia. Heck, even a glossy interview with rugby league doyen Gus Gould. There's no doubt Jones's return has provided a spark for Australian rugby. So, with the Super Rugby season launching on Friday, can the sport turn that spark into a fire? In a World Cup year, how will the teams that fuel the Wallabies generate further momentum? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Georgina Robinson is the chief rugby writer for Channel 9 Papers. Georgie, Eddie Jones has spoken about restoring pride to Australian rugby. And as the activists say, it's good to think global and act local. So as we ready ourselves for the Super Rugby season... How do you think Aussie rugby can capitalise on an apparent sense of forward momentum around the game right now? Well, I think it's easy to be winners in February when a ball hasn't been kicked in anger. So performance will do the job. So if the teams get off to a good start this season, and remember they play Kiwi teams from the start, which is the first time that's happened since pre-COVID, you know, if they get off to a good start and perform, that will roll into the test season and that shortened test season will roll into a World Cup that Eddie Jones has characterised as a smash and grab job. We've got nine and a half months. No one expects us to win the World Cup. So we can be the best thieves in the world. And to be good thieves, you've got to be well planned, you've got to be audacious, you've got to be smart and you've got to have plenty of spirit within the team. So... Uh, they're all the things we're looking for. So we want to be the Pink Panthers in Cadbury uh, gold jersey, mate. It all starts this weekend uh, when the Brumbies take on the Waratahs and the Reds take on the New Zealand team, the Hurricanes. Those teams have to perform. Let's dig into that New South Wales fixture because I think the Waratahs are generally a bellwether for Aussie rugby. This weekend they play the Brumbies at their shiny new Sydney stadium. They spent part of their pre-season camping on the turf to try and build connection to the ground. And as you wrote this week, they haven't always had great crowds there in recent years. How high are the stakes around that fixture particularly? Yeah, there's an on-field and an off-field element to that question or answering that question. And they're linked because... Actually, the Tars respond well to a crowd. There were some really good signs last year. You know, this is a team that had their worst season on record the year before that. And uh, so no one expected them to do anything last season. And all of a sudden there there were signs of life. There were signs of passion, commitment and a little bit of performance. Uh, under the, their new coach, Darren Coleman, who had been a shoot shield coach. And by the end of the season, this is when they were playing at places like Leichhardt Oval, regularly that became a sort of regular home ground. They'd actually, they sold the place out. So there were sort of 14,500 people uh, to watch them play the Blues at the end of their regular season. And they made the finals. They're, they do have momentum. They've got an even better squad this year. Now, of course, they have expectation on their shoulders because there were such promising signs from their forwards, from their outside backs, from their centres, uh, from the two tens, Tane Edmed and Ben Donaldson. And now they're rolling into this flashy new stadium under the bright lights um, of Friday night footy. And this is their moment to shine. Of course, what makes it more tantalising is that they're playing the Brumbies definitely easily um, and objectively the most consistent 
side in Australian rugby for the last uh, little while. It will be a really tough matchup. Both teams are are going to unveil squads that are that are really strong and packed with test players. So this is a really good test for the Waratahs on the field. And then the result of that, even if it's a loss, if they play passionate footy, if they look like they've got a season in them, I think they will start to sell tickets. You talk about that side being packed full of test quality players. There's no player in Australian rugby who has a higher pedigree than Michael Hooper. He's made it clear that he wants to put his hand up again to lead the Wallabies. What should we expect from him this super rugby season? We'll expect the same thing we always expect and get from uh, Michael Hooper, which is consistency, work rate, commitment to the jersey and to whatever team he's representing. He'll be rested. A lot of the, the Wallabies in all of the Super Rugby sides will spend, I think, maybe two to three to four weeks on the sidelines throughout the season. We don't really know the full picture of that, but Eddie Jones, as is common in a World Cup year, wants guys to not be flogged given what's at stake later in the year but no one's missing out this week this is everyone knows the Brumbies week um, for both sides and tar week for the Brumbies is is a big one and I don't I don't expect to see any guys rested the Waratahs have named a really interesting team Isaiah Parisi a, a fantastic wallaby outside center has not played a minute of footy in the preseason in across three trial games but he will start at outside center and inside him, Lalakai Fakedi, another Wallaby, uh, the sort of the brains of that back line at 12. But a 19-year-old is going to start on the wing, Max Jorgensen, the son of the former Randwick and NRL player, Peter Jorgensen. He is going to start on the wing. He finished high school last year, Pat. On the far side, Jorgensen. This will be his third touch of the game. and He's going through the slalons. Jorgensen, nobody wants to touch him. You know, promises great things. As you've touched on, it's a World Cup year. We know the Wallabies have a new coach. So what do you think Eddie Jones will be looking for this Super Rugby season? He said that he will be looking for that P word that I've mentioned a few times, performance. What we know about Eddie is that he likes players who work hard. So he'll be looking for players who do everything for the team. And if the team performs, that is the best thing you can do to kind of get a Wallabies jersey or at least a, a seat on the plane that goes to France uh, later this year. We want the Super Rugby teams winning. You come in from a Super Rugby campaign and you've won and you, you feel good about yourself. And if you feel good about yourself, you work a bit harder. Because at the end of the day, it's about how much effort you put into the game. The worst thing you can do is kind of have one eye on impressing the Wallabies coach. That sort of invariably ends, ends in failure. You just need to go all in for your Super Rugby side. So that's what Eddie will be looking for. Speaking of going all in, there are a few big name Wallabies forwards who have gone all in on Australian rugby. Daniela Tupo, Angus Bell, Alan Alatoa. They're big names, big men, and they've reportedly all re-signed to Australian rugby. What's particularly exciting about these acquisitions on the eve of a super rugby season? Well, I guess they're swimming against the tide. Australia can't compete anymore with the money on offer in France and in Japan and to a lesser extent, but still in England. And actually, front row forwards are really vulnerable, particularly tight head props. I, I'd spoken to agents who, who said pretty confidently they could get one and a half million dollars a year for Taniela Tupo. Bell, it's on to the left here. Tupo gets a chance to wind up. No look away from the Rika. Goron Tupo, are you kidding?
I think I think Taniella recognises he's got a young family that um, that going overseas would not be the best thing for him and his footy. He's he spent much of last year injured, uh, and he just really needs to get his body right. That hasn't been confirmed, and uh, we're not quite sure yet where he will go. But certainly the reports are that he's got to leave Queensland and sign with the Melbourne Rebels, which is a massive boost for them. But a guy like Angus Bell, Taniella Tupo, and Alan Alarella Toa at the Brumbies. They're really crucial sort of votes of confidence in the Australian system. They could command big money offshore, but with Australia's eligibility laws still requiring that you stay here to get picked for, for the Wallabies, with the exception of a few guys each season. I understand the, the rationale of the, the law and it's important to keep players playing in Australia. Is that going to affect our chance of winning the World Cup? Then if it is, then there may be a an option to change it. I'm not sure, mate. That basically tells you that they want to play for the Wallabies, that they, they value the gold jersey more than they value the dollar, the euro, the yen or the pound. And while those are big re-signings, there's a big departure in Australian rugby too. You've reported about this today. Dan McKellar was the Wallabies forwards coach. Why is he leaving? Why is it a big deal? Dan McKellar's uh, taken a job with Leicester, one of the stronger UK premiership sides. It's a really big deal because Dan McKellar, he's the very successful Brumbies coach, never won a title with them, but certainly continued that legacy of success at the Brumbies. And he was a, he was a senior assistant coach in Dave Rennie's Wallabies and he was recruited to Dave Rennie's setup on this kind of handshake agreement and certainly a pitch from Rugby Australia that you, that means you're in the box seat to take over from Rennie. And Rennie spoke about that, preparing McKellar to take over from him. That chat, of course, went quiet when the performance of the Wallabies dipped in the last couple of years, but that was the plan. And, and so when Rugby Australia have sacked Rennie and parachuted in Eddie Jones, the writing's on the wall. And I think, you know, it definitely hit his ego a lot. Head coaches, you know, they have pride, they have ambition, and they don't want to wait in the wings forever. And I think that's what Dan McKellar's wrestled with. Eddie Jones knew how important he was to the Wallabies and so also pitched a similar thing. You're the next Wallabies coach, but I guess then Dan McKellar, you know, has to make a decision about whether he trusts Rugby Australia and those kind of promises given they haven't come to fruition yet. He is a very good coach and actually it's probably a good place to be to mount a case for being the next Wallabies coach, potentially much better than being inside. If you do well with the top premiership side or any pro club, that's probably a better argument for you becoming the next Wallabies coach when Eddie Jones moves away. There's a lot to like on the cusp of this super rugby season, but as always, Georgie, you're keeping us grounded with a bit of a reality check as well. Thanks so much for your time. <laughs> Pleasure, Pat. Headlines. And the NRL has cancelled its season launch as the pay dispute between players and head office rolls on. But we did have an unofficial launch, aka players in trouble with the law. Stars Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten have pleaded not guilty to charges stemming from their scuffle in Canberra, which came at the end of Whiten's 30th birthday celebrations. Charges include fighting in a public place and failing to comply with an exclusion direction. The matter's been slated for a hearing on October 30. Golf and Cam Smith is free to defend his British Open crown after tournament organisers confirmed he would be eligible to compete despite joining the Saudi-backed Live Golf League. It's not a huge shock given the organisers of the Open had previously indicated Smith would likely be able to tee it up for the event in July. Professional golfers are entitled to choose where they want to play and to accept the prize money that's offered to them. I have absolutely no issue with that at all. Looking ahead to the Open next year, 
we have been asked quite frequently about banning players. Let me be very clear, that's not on our agenda. In cricket, Australia's men might be struggling against India, but their female compatriots can make it to the T20 World Cup final if they can knock over India's women Friday morning. Beth Mooney says the Aussies are expecting bulk spin from the only side to have beaten them since March 2021. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. If you enjoyed this episode, you might enjoy our conversation with Hamish McLennan, the head of Rugby Australia, about how he and the organisation managed to lure Eddie Jones back down under. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks to the Eddie podcast, rugby.com.au, Stan Sport and The Open for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.